nerds, and welcome to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich. And I am joined, as I am each and every week, by my esteemed colleagues. First of all, he was the man that just this past weekend covered the streets of Binghamton, New York in tinsel and blamed it on the heat miser. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Ron. What's happening? And of course, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction of all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... Diesel. I did it all for the ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, how, how, how uh, seasonal of you. Of course, this past week was uh, Christmas, holidays. Well, you know, Kwanzaa was also this past weekend. Uh, no matter what you celebrated, hope everybody at home had a great time. Uh, starting with you, Diesel, how was your holiday season? Well, it, was, it wasn't bad. Uh, it was the first year in a long time where I regret my tradition of going out Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Usually it's not so bad with the advent of internet shopping, but this year there was a lot of people going out for last-minute gifts. So that kind of sucked. But it, actual Christmas was pretty good. Just had a low-key thing with my dad and stepmom. Um, that was it. I still got two more Christmases to go. Fuck my life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. How uh, was yours, Ron? No, mine was uneventful as I got called in to work at 3.30 in the morning on Friday on Christmas Eve. And didn't get really much sleep. So it was work until 10-something, 10, 10 a.m., I think. And then went home and crashed just to wake up in time for dinner oh, at nice. my parents' house. And then it was go home, chill out. Then Saturday was back to my parents' house, big family Christmas. And yesterday was went up to Sydney to see my niece. <clears throat> was up there all day. So <clears throat> did all that. Awesome. Sounds like a great time. Me, I had the most relaxing weekend I could possibly have. I didn't have to do too much. We did go up to my in-laws on Christmas Eve, exchange gifts, and then Christmas Day, my wife had to work because it was her weekend to work at the hospital. So therefore, I just kind of laid around the house and did laundry all day, and then uh, we went over to my mom's house and had dinner, which was cool. Just the, just the three of us, not anybody extra. And yeah, then Sunday, I went and celebrated my father-in-law's birthday because his birthday is the day after uh, Christmas. So we, we had a good day there and watched... Uh, some football, had some lasagna. He made lasagna on his own birthday, which is crazy. Oh, nice. And then uh, if he makes great lasagna. I'm going to throw that out there publicly so that like, people know. And then uh, we watched some foosball and uh, came home last night. So oh, yeah, and I got this week off. Nice. I'm on, I'm on a week's vacation uh, to end out the year. And, of course, next week on myself and Diesel for the new year will be in Atlantic City, New Jersey for Game Changer Wrestling's uh, big wrestling weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Can't wait for it. Of course, there's a lot of cool stuff going on with the podcast because, as you guys know, today uh, in the second half of the show, uh, you know, for Diesel's Movie Club this week, at the end of the show, we will be reviewing The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, we all saw it. We're going to see it. Of course, it's on HBO Max currently. Uh, of course, we'll give you our spoiler-free recommendations, and then we'll drop the drop, and you guys will hear, you know, our spoiler-full thoughts on the movie. And, of course, uh, throughout the show, we've got Diesel Movies uh, triple stuff. 
And the second half also, where we got the box office, the uh, upcoming movies, and of course, the top three of the week. And of course, here in the first half, we got the nerd news, which is going to be coming up right after we take care of a little bit of business, and that is the opening plugs. If you guys would like to say hi to us, or would like to suggest a movie that we should watch and review, or would like to, you know, anything at all, hit us up on the social media. We are on Facebook, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Like and share the page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Make sure you use the hashtag 3FNPod whenever you're talking about the show. And of course... Uh, for all your information about the show, go to our very public website, 8122productions.com. There, all the links are there. Plus, there's a link to the Tee Public Store if you'd like to buy some swag and help support us a little bit. The link to twitch.tv slash 607 podcast is there. Of course, every Monday night, live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast, we bring you 607 TWS. Me and Ken M from the ODPH talking all things pro wrestling. And of course, it is on its own channel now, 607 TWS, anywhere you get great podcasts after we're live. Uh, of course, also on there is friends of the show, including bands like Shout at the Robots, who does our theme song that you hear each and every week in the beginning of the show, and so many more. And of course, last but certainly not least, the link to patreon.com slash 8122productions. If you'd like to spend $1 a month and help support the show and get a ton of extra bonus content, you can do that over at patreon.com slash 8122productions. That was the quickest I've ever gone. By the way, <laughs> I just want to point out, did any of those links, if you forget any of them, they are in the liner notes to this very podcast. I always forget to add that line in. And of course, you can find us on any podcast provider out there. Booyah Kasha. Make sure uh, you subscribe. Make sure you uh, rate and review if you haven't. That's a free gift you can give us and is awesome as we are moving along and doing a lot of awesome things here in the world of nerd. Are you gentlemen ready to talk some news this week? Because I think I'm ready for it. This week's edition of the Nerd News coming to you. Very light news this week, but we were talking about it when we're on Patreon. This is the time of year where everything starts to slow down. The end of the year, beginning of the year is kind of slow in the world of pop culture and nerdum, but that doesn't mean there's not some fun stuff that comes out. And one of those things that came out was just today as we're recording, because we record on Mondays, even though this show is widecast every week on Tuesdays, unless you're a Patreon subscriber and you can get it right after we record on Mondays. Uh, but, but we got a new trailer for the Batman. Of course, the Batman will be coming out uh, not too far in the distance, March the 4th. I've had that marked on our calendar. We will be reviewing that on this show. We will all be going to see it. We will all have a great time. I guarantee it. Uh, how did you guys feel about the new trailer for the Batman, starting with Ronald? Oh, I'm already like 100% in on this. Everybody, the people that haven't been paying attention to this movie are always making the jokes. Oh, Batman's going to sparkle, blah, blah, blah. Yes, okay, yes, he did a Twilight movie, a couple of them. Made some money. Now he has choices to do. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, I know there's actors that you freaking are in bad movies. Everybody likes that you just like. I know you've got some bad movies in there too. People, stop. Yeah, Diesel. Ah, <laughs> uh, the the bat and the cat trailer, or as I like to call it, the riddle and the diddle. <laughs> the riddle and the diddle. <laughs> uh, I like it. Th this looks great. Um, we got to see some new scenes. Uh, better look at you know the Riddler and stuff like that. I, I've already been sold, but keep giving me a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like, I need my fix just right up there. Like, let me get this. Let me get this. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. But like I said, I I cannot be sold anymore. I know that there's some people who might not be sold, but I have been sold since 
now almost two years yeah. ago when we saw the yeah. first trailer, the teaser trailer, <laughs> when the movie was only 25% done. Yeah. I have been sold for that long. <laughs> I Actually, honestly, I was sold when it was announced because I, I actually like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. If you've never seen The Lighthouse, you should probably watch it. You, you'll find out how great of an actor he truly is. Uh, I can't say enough about it, but there is more The Batman news. Uh, we got some news from the CEO of Warner Media this this past week. Of course, uh, that's Jason Kalar. Uh, this year on HBO Max, as we all know, everything went to Max at the same time it went to the theaters. Uh, such things as uh, Wonder Woman, which was not in the theaters because there was no theaters open, but that would have. But the first one was Godzilla versus Kong, who went to both. We had the, uh, of course, uh, the Space Jam, New Legacy, the Suicide Squad, um, so many more. And of course, most recently, the movie we'll be talking about later today, The Matrix Resurrections, was also on HBO Max at the same time as the theaters. Next year, however, they are not doing that trick for every movie. He has said that some movies will actually be still doing that, but not all movies. And The Batman is... Not one of them that will be on HBO Max day one. Now, however, he has given us when it will be. Uh, it will be on the 46th day. So 45 days after it leaves the, or 45 days after it becomes in the, it goes into the theaters on March 4th, the 46th day later, it will be on HBO Max. So that is April 19th of 2022. So March the 4th is when it comes to the theaters. April 19th, 2022. Uh, Kilar went on to say, think about when movies would show up on HBO, which is eight to nine months after theatrical premiere. The Batman is going to show up on day 46 on HBO Max. That is a huge change from where things were in 2018, 2017, and 2016. Um, he said about bringing new subscribers to the service in 2022. Uh, he said that uh, I feel really, really good knowing that the Batman and Black Adam and the Flash and Elvis and a whole host of other movies are literally going to be showing up on day 46 on HBO Max in a variety of territories all over the world. That is a very, very big change that I don't think people appreciate and I feel really good about it. Uh, so now he's just also confirmed in the same breath, if you didn't care how I threw that in there, that pretty much every movie that is in the theater that doesn't show up on Max Day 1 will be on HBO Max on day 46. So that's going to be their policy going forward. So first of, uh, so let's just stump it all together. How do you feel about the day 46 plan for not just the Batman, but for everything else on HBO Max? Do you think that's good, bad, or indifferent? Diesel, go with you first. I, th I think it's good for the box office standpoint because, spoiler alert for the box office for today, Matrix Resurrections did not do good in theaters. Um, and I know a lot of people just stayed home to watch it, which, you know, cool, but... It really does hurt with these bigger movies not getting in that income and that could lead to not getting future sequels or whatnot, continuations of the story. So it's it's kind of cool. Um, I don't like his logic of, well, it used to be eight to nine months. Yeah, and before that, it used to be, it was in theaters and then you never saw the light of day again. Yeah. So it's, you're getting with the times, I get it, but you're still, now it's just like that weird reason and it's like, ah, eh. Not a big fan of the reasoning behind it. All right, I, I understand that the reasoning behind it isn't. I don't know if you really know how to, to put it. Yeah, but it, it, without you've just been like, hey, this is our new plan. Yeah. We, we get you know during the quarantine and everything, we gave you same day releases for the people that didn't want to go to the theaters. We understand that some of you still don't want to go to the theaters. We get it, but you know we you know as a business we have to start thinking again no. as a business. So now instead of waiting eight months after it comes out of theaters, it's going to be you know forty five mm -hmm. days. You know, a month and a half, not that long away. 
And that's usually, even for long-running movies, half the time, 45 days, they're out of theaters by then anyways. Yeah. I mean, there's a few that stay around for 60. I get it. But that's it's his reasoning is kind of backfiring in his face, but I, I, I applaud for them yeah. being like, hey, we did this for you guys. We did this for everybody in the fans. Here you go. We're done now. But now we're business. And I, and I understand the business side of things. Well, I, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say I applaud it, first of all. And that's taking away two of the things that I work against here. Because, first of all, I am a greedy fan of things. So I'm like, I can watch it again. Now, also on the flip side of that, I am a fan of movie theater releases. Like, myself and Diesel went to the theater to see Matrix Resurrections. We didn't just watch it on HBO Max. I did rewatch it on HBO Max. I will I will admit that. But because uh, I wanted to see what the small screen... Experience. Difference was yeah. that was the only reason I rewatched it, and I was also bored out of my mind one day. But uh, like, that's nothing against the film. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but like, I don't get like people being mad about you know if you don't want to go to the theaters, I understand. But forty five days is well, forty six day later, but forty five days after ain't shit. No. Like we used to have to wait months for to go to Max or, or sorry regular HBO yeah. or Cinemax and we also used to have to wait months for it to go on Blu-ray and DVD and they've even stepped that process up a lot so I mean they are doing things out there to help people who are not able or do, aren't willing to go to the theater but at the same point in juncture they're making a business so on the movie lover side of me I'm going to go see all these movies in the movie theater because I have Regal Unlimited Pass and fuck that's why I have one and Guess what? Forty-five days later, I might want to rewatch the movie. So I have HBO Max. It's perfect. And for those people who aren't, don't feel safe to go to the movie, this I understand. I feel you. But you don't have to wait as long. I mean, March fourth to April nineteenth is not that far. It's only it's a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> month and a half. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And once again. How much do you hurt yourself on the bottom dollar, especially if you're on the fence? Like, I feel like, and we'll talk about this later, but I feel like The Matrix Resurrection suffered from the fact that the last two sequels to that movie were not good. So people went, oh, I don't know if I want to spend, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever your ticket price is, because every word's different, to go to the movie theater and risk that. And I mean, for those of us who have unlimited passes, we're like, eh, okay, we'll go to the theater. Yeah. Because we already pay, you know, 23 bucks or whatever a yeah. month for, for our pass. So I, I get the, the disconnect, but I digress. I think that this is a good deal. I think HBO Max is doing great things, and that's what's going to help it out. Plus, all the original stuff they bring on there anyways is a worthwhile yeah. service to have. Yeah. I, love the doc, I love the HBO documentaries that go up on there. So with that being said, I think it's a win-win. Uh, you know what is not a win? Let's stick in streaming news. The Witcher Season 2, which has just dropped uh, this past week. Hey... Uh, they uh, went ahead and Rotten Tomatoes for season two of Netflix's The Witcher possesses an audience score of 63% and a critic score of 94%. For comparison, season one holds an audience score of 91% and a critic score of 68%. So it looks like they flip-flopped. Uh, I'm not really a fan of these shows, so I can't really speak to it. But Ron, why do you think that they kind of flip-flopped already? I don't understand why the critics... It gave it so much because the critics are the contrarians. So if the people don't like it, you're not smart enough to like it. If the people like it, you're dumb and it's lowbrow humor. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. By the way. I, th- I think I'm I always go with. The, by the way, I always go with the audience score on things yeah. because chances are, now mind you, you can't always go live and die by it because there's things that people scored badly that I like and vice versa. But it's a little more of the pulse in the room than yeah. a critic score. Yeah, I, I mean, I've episode three or four, I think. Like, it's okay. I'm like, okay. I don't know. Like, I guess something happens on episode six from what I've heard from other people. 
I don't know. I don't even know if I'm on episode six. <laughs> this is how like I've been watching Knight Rider on. <laughs> yeah, they just added that. Yeah, I saw. That. I've been I've been working through Knight Rider people. <laughs> like, um, like like that's more a background noise for me than watching The Witcher. Yeah, I never got into The Witcher. I heard it was a great show, and I've been seeing like on social media a lot of people are not happy with this season, which sucks. But it sucks. But you know it is what it is. And if you do like it, that's awesome. That's cool for you. And if you don't like it, that's awesome. It's cool for you. Don't be toxic about it. But you know. Yeah. Huh. But if this season's not good, just like keep giving it a shot though, because you might not see like where they're going with the full arc either. Like it might pay no, off no, season yeah. three or season four. And that's a problem right now. When people jump ship too soon, it's like yeah. that that payoff. And now we have everything gets canceled. Yeah. Oh, everything yeah. gets canceled. Yeah, but Netflix Lost in Space does it. Uh, yeah, Lost in Space does it. <laughs> Netflix isn't gonna freaking cancel this because they already have a seven year plan for it. Like this is what I hate. Like the shows that don't do so well are like I don't you know, I get it. People like it. Some people don't. But I'm like, this, like, Lost in Space is horrible. I can't even get through that one. Well, some people would disagree with you. But with that being said, let's talk about a show that's doing very well in the streaming services. uh, And that is Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time is off to a strong start with the Amazon Prime series topping Nielsen's original series streaming chart for the week of November 16th through the 21st. Nielsen released the rankings this week, which revealed that viewers streamed 1.16 billion minutes of the wheel of time during its premiere week last month amazon prime released three episodes of the wheel of time during that week with a total runtime of 169 minutes meaning that on an average of 7 million viewers watched each episode the wheel of time was amazon's most streamed series since hunters back in february of 2020 the series is also the first amazon prime series to top 1 billion streaming minutes since the boys back in september of 2020 uh, i have not watched wheel of time uh, once again it's not up my wheelhouse but uh, that's a good start, I would say. Yeah, yeah, this is a really good start. Um, I know it's a huge book series that people love. Yeah. Like, it's a huge series. Um, but all the trailers I've seen for it, because they keep playing trailers for it in front of, like, the movies, it don't, like, the graphics and stuff like that, the way it's filmed does not look good, like, Damn. appealing to me. So it's like, I, I, you know, equate it to, like, made for sci-fi channel. <laughs> but apparently it's doing good. Maybe, like, this is not my wheelhouse either. It's a little too Lord of the Rings-esque for me, and I'm not a big fan of that type of stuff. Uh-huh. But Yeah, I well, when they showed it, the trailer for it, before the trailers at The Matrix, my buddy's like, well, that's not what they say in the show. Like, you know, they said something, they're like, they said something like, uh, dude, trailers just lie to you now, so <laughs> don't take trailers serious. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And like, so, I mean, maybe he's, it's better than it's... You know, everybody's watching it. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. But probably not, because it's probably like Game of Thrones to me. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, that brings us to our last story, and kind of a huge story in its own way. Kevin Fahey was sitting down with the uh, Hollywood Reporter, and that's going to lead us into actually two different stories. Uh, but, uh, you know, as always, there's always some hate in the world for superhero movies. And, you know, we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, different other people in the genre uh, who did not like superhero movies, uh, Martin Scorsese, I'm, I'm uh, James Cameron, <laughs> and, and and so on and so forth. And there's other people in the industry, actors and so on, that well, I don't want to be in a superhero movie, probably because they didn't call you and ask you, but you hear a lot of that shit. Uh, so this is all coming up because of the success of Spider-Man No Way Home in the theaters. Uh, so Kafa, he says to uh, about that, he says to The Hollywood Reporter, And I quote, making a commercial film that can say something and mean something to a lot of different types of people around the globe is extremely difficult to do. And I think is dismissed often as easy. Well, you have a superhero in it and that's a, and that's a cheat code to success. It's not. Uh, 
Putting on a costume is not the secret. The secret is having artists and storytellers and craftsmen that can bring an audience on a journey. And when critics recognize that and audience recognize that, it feels like it's worthy then to talk about the Academy recognizing it. And that, I think, is what we'll continue to talk about over the next few weeks. Let's jump into the second part of this. This is leading into the big groundswell that a lot of people think that Spider-Man No Way Home should be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Uh, he goes on to say this, continuing that thought, I think both of these types of films deserve recognition, Fahim used. It's a good thing when people are in a theater and they stand up and cheer. It's a good thing when people are wiping tears because they're thinking back on their last 20 years of movie going and what it has meant to them. That, to me, is a very good thing. The sort of thing the Academy was founded back in the day to recognize. So before we, we're going to separate this in two. Because I have I have a, a little thing I'm going to say about the Academy part. But before then, uh, do you think that Kevin Feige handled the haters of Superman movies saying that uh, they always think that a person in a costume is a cheat code? Do you think that that is fair assessment from him that it is not a cheat code, that it does take a lot of hard work? Yeah, I agree with Kevin Feige on that. It's taking established characters that people have grown to love before the Marvel Cinematic Universe took hold, before the movies took hold for everything. These are iconic characters and iconic stories that translate from page to the screen in a beautiful way, and it's just great storytelling. It's not you know, it's not a novel, it's not this, but comic book writing is a its own form of storytelling, and it's amazing. Ron, would you like to add anything to that? Well, just about that part. Yeah, just about that part. Like, It's not just a suit to success. I mean, there's been plenty of bad... Um, comic book movies out DC, there. DC, we're looking at you. DC, I mean, like, think about it. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out here. Smallville. Ten years on CW was the start of, you know, basically the CW-verse. Um, and Clark never put on the suit. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was in his contract from the beginning. And Tom Welling just literally said, nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it. Even every time they tried to push for it. Nope, not doing it. And I don't think he would have gotten ten years of Smallville if he did put on yeah. the suit. Oh, I agree with you. So, man. there... So, just putting on the suit is not the answer. Well, here's the other thing goes going off and piggybacking off of that. Uh, like we just said, DC has proven time and time again. Sony has proven time and time again. Putting somebody in a superhero costume does not equal money. Because it took until uh, the last Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, for Sony to have a billion dollar movie in the comic book realm. Now, of course, No Way Home is going to follow in that footstep and actually probably destroy that. However, the, the point of the matter is, think about it. How many how many comic book movies did they have prior to that that didn't make a billion dollars? How many uh, DC movies didn't make a billion dollars? How many, you know what I mean? And they it's not like they weren't funding those damn things, but there's some huge flops. There is something to be said for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's going to lead me in, and we can talk about, I want your guys' opinion too, but it's going to lead me into this point. I think... Before I even say this part, I want to make this clear to everybody because, you know, everybody will jump down you for, you know, shit. But I do think that the highest grossing movie of a year should be automatically nominated for the Academy Award. That doesn't mean it should win. It should just have an automatic nomination because, honestly, that is a, a that is an achievement. And a nomination in its own is an achievement. I think that one spot, and we're up to, what, six to eight every yeah. year? One of those spots every year should be for the highest grossing movie of that year. No no questions asked. That Once again, does not mean that movie has to win. It just means that it should be nominated, in my opinion. Here is why I don't think a superhero movie will win. And mind you, 
It could, I could change. It could always change. There is a formula for making a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. When it is done well, it has equal parts comedy, equal parts drama, equal parts action, and then you have at least two memorable fight scenes. Mm -hmm. So on top of all of that, they bring you the funny effortlessly if it's good. They bring you the tear-jerking moments now, almost at will. Any of the good ones do. And then, of course, they bring you the action and the fight scenes. And then, of course, it's all wrapped in a nice little bow that's called a storyline that works out good. That's what the good ones do. The bad ones, Eternals, <clears throat> uh, don't do that. You know, basically, Marvel has mastered the three acts of a movie. And they've mastered connecting movies to a larger universe. And I'm, I'm for one, ecstatic about that. But my problem with that winning an award is that is a formula. That is like saying the best artist of the year at the Grammys should be the person who has the most radio play. Because it's usually the dumbest fucking song that has the most radio play because it has a good beat that people can nod their heads to and it fits perfectly in a three minute and 30 second yeah. format. Whereas I think the Oscar or the Grammy or anything else should go to something original. Somebody who took a risk and it paid off. And that's why I like artists in indie films because they're taking a risk every time they go out there yeah every story has you know a beginning middle and end everything has to have all of that it's it's fine but there's ways to go around it there's ways and there's reasons why these people who are taking risks let's look at parasite which won an academy award parasite an amazing movie that takes you on a journey and it's a tale of two movies because you think it's one movie until it hits the second half and it becomes a straight horror film but yet it still won an Academy Award. Why? Because it was original. And it overcame the fact that it was a Korean movie. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that gives it the points to win, but think about it. That's what makes that a great movie. Is that a better movie than what I've seen? Even, let's see, put it up against Endgame. Yes. Because in Endgame, yes, I had emotion and I laughed and I cried and I, I did all the things and I love that movie. It's certified fucking nerd. It is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Entertainment wise. But they didn't risk anything. There was no risk. They followed the formula. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I don't want them to change the formula. I just want them to keep banging out the hits and making great movies. But that doesn't mean it needs to win the Academy Award. Should it be nominated? Fuck yes. If it makes the most money in a year, I think you should get an automatic bid. Could one win eventually? Yeah. But I think the closest one to win that was different, that fits the actual mold, believe it or not, and I, I, this is a guy who did not love this film, as we all know, was Joker. That was the only superhero, quote unquote, superhero comic book movie that did not fit the mold that I believe could have won the Oscar hands down. It did win Best Actor mm. as it should have because it was an amazing performance. But I digress. I, what do you guys think about that? Start with you, Diesel. Go ahead. Yeah, I like your idea for the highest grossing to get an automatic nomination. That's really good. But for it to actually win, I'm, I'm with you. Like, they follow a formula, and that's not what, you know, great movies are about. It's If there's a formula for a great movie, then it's just way too easy to make a great movie. So you got to break the formula. And that's why, where I enjoy all my artsy movies, because they do that. They they take risks, and, and I think that's a beautiful thing that they do. Yeah. Um, these people, like, I, I get it. People love this movie and want to see, you know, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home get nominated. I'd be fine if it got nominated. I would be pissed off if it won. There's only like a handful of comic book movies where I could say, yeah, I could see that winning Best Picture. Like like you said, it was nominated Joker. 
I would even I, I would actually if they nominated Endgame and it won, I would be happy with that. Uh, Logan, like certain like things that go away from the mold a little bit or are such a huge undertaking. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's definitely not form, formal, uh, formalic. <laughs> yeah. sure, you know, I, I, I don't. You want to add something to that, Ron? No, it's exactly I, every point you guys said. It's, it, I understand the whole thing. Hey, if it is the gross, most grossing movie of the year, yeah, you get an automatic nod. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like it, it shows that it shows that it did something. Yeah. And it could be any movie. You know, one day it might be a horror movie that pulls that off. Yeah. You know, and just let it get an automatic nod. Just it, it's fine. If, it, if Shrek Two got nominated. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. It yeah. made all the money that year. You know? Yeah. But I want to jump back in when you said there is a certain art form to risk, and that is where the best groundbreaking things happen. Let's go back and look at the classics that were risky, that have won the Oscar. Jaws. That wasn't a slam dunk. That was that. First of all, that was one of Spielberg's first films. It was his first major film, yeah. but it was one of his first films, period. And on top of that, they had all the problems in the world and still made a more compelling movie with that. Let's talk about Rocky, the original Rocky. You know, he lost everything for that movie. And then it became an Academy Award winning movie. And if you go back and watch that original Rocky, it ain't about the boxing, folks. I don't know if you guys have ever really, you know, some of the younger audience, they might have not, you know, noticed this. Rocky, the original, not about the boxing. It's there. But that is a, it's a drama. It's about a man who came up on the wrong side of the tracks, who ain't the smartest knife in the, you know, sharpest knife in the drawer, who, you know, is in love and can't, you know can't get in love and then he, he does and then everything falls in order and even even in the end of that movie he doesn't win he just goes to a draw with the guy who he should have never been in the ring with so that is the the story of the underdog and then later on it comes more about boxing but i thought all those movies have a heavy drama in them i love that but like that is why none of the sequels won you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why sequels don't win because you're not in the original picture anymore. You're following the formula of the one that went before you, and and not to say that they're bad. And it's just not to say. Everybody out there, I love Spider-Man: No Way Home. Loved it. Saw it a second time. Love it even more. I I I I have my theories and everywhere where everything's gonna go, and it's awesome. However, as much as I love that movie, as much as I I understand that it is not an Academy Award-winning movie. I mean, this year it might. If any year something's going to sneak in, it's this year because there really wasn't a lot out there. But, like, I would like to see something that has a little more heart to it, a little more risk to it. That is not risky. And and Kevin Fahey, to his credit, he's right. It doesn't mean you are successful just because you have a costume character in your movie. It's absolutely correct. But there is a formula to Marvel yeah. films. And there's nobody who would argue that there's not because every one of them follows that formula. The only one that they abandoned that formula for was Eternals. And that got mixed reviews because of it, because Eternals feels like a one act movie. It never feels like the normal. Here is the, you know, here's the introduction in conflict. Here's the rise. And then here's the conclusion. And that is exactly how they, they, me and Ken M from the ODPH were talking about on the texting. Like literally they are the most, they are the perfect movies for literal three acts. They have it down pat. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't want that to fucking change because I'm entertained as hell. I mean, this year alone, I mean, Shang-Chi, I did not expect that to be as good as it was. And I love that movie. No Way Home. I love that movie. I even like Black Widow a lot. Like, there's a lot of movies, even the ones that you thought were not going to be good. They were like, man, that knocked me on my ass. The reason I don't think that they should win an Academy Award is the risk that they are taking is creating this huge universe that goes beyond 
movies to TV, and it's just everything's interconnected. And that is a huge risk, but it's been working out great. But that's not something you can pinpoint on a certain movie. I also would like to point out there that makes everything a sequel. Everything. <laughs> Even their first movies are a sequel because they tie in somewhere. So, like, and I'm not saying that that makes it a bad thing. Once again, keep making them because as a nerd, I'm going to keep digesting them and loving them. And I, that's the last thing that I want people to take away from this. I just don't think it should win an Academy Award. That's just personally me. If you do, that's fine. Once again, we talked about this last week. There's no need to be toxic. Everybody can have their own opinions. I see too many people having a pissing contest about dumb shit. Guess what? My opinion is as valid as anybody else's. I just have to have a microphone that you listen to. <laughs> I got at work today. Uh, my coworker saw Spider-Man. And he goes, I think you were harsh with your, your opinion. You know, because I gave yeah. it a 6.5. I'm like, all right, so what'd you give it? 7.5. We're not that far off, dude. (laughs) Well, well, not only are you not that far off, it's depending upon your grading scale, it could be the same number. Yeah. Yeah. Because as I point out, I don't actually go, I go out of 10, but I will never give a 10. I give a nine and a half as tops because I don't believe in perfection. Because even the movies that I give a nine and a half to, and I also go, if people want to know, but later in the show, I'll take a second out here. This is how I review movies and how I criticize movies. I judge them based upon what they are. So in other words, uh, there's certain movies I will say will lead up to, like like Jaws is a classic. Jaws is a nine and a half on any scale, whether I'm just judging it as a horror film, which it is, or whether I'm judging it as a blockbuster movie, which it is. Uh, you know, I would say that about Halloween as well is, is, is a nine and a half. Perfect, uh, damn near perfect. But there's mistakes in both of those yeah. movies, if you think about it. There are, but that's why it can't be perfect. But you know what? Nine and a half, that is my perfect score. So when I gave, you know, Spider-Man... An eight, you're only a 1.5 away from being a perfect film. The only reason I, you know, there's there's just certain things. There was one thing that, that I didn't like, or I shouldn't even say didn't like. There was one thing I just didn't make sense to me. And that was what kept it away from kind of being up the scale a little more. So, but I also judged it against other comic book movies. If I'm putting it up against Jaws, and you can't tell the difference why Jaws is a masterpiece, and why Spider-Man No Way Home is just a great film, that I don't I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I really don't. There's a there's just a difference out there. And it's not a bad difference because an entertaining film is an entertaining film. Hell, we talk about it every week when I give the scale. I think Maximum Overdrive is the one of the most entertaining movies you'll ever see. But it's fucking god awful horse shit. It really is. It's shot like shit. It looks like shit. The story makes no sense. Someday we should just really do it. Just a, and we're going to review it one of these weeks when we have not, you know, not a new movie. Just so you guys can understand, the reason that I find it entertaining is because it's so bad that it is entertaining. And cocaine. Because that was when Stephen King was on a lot of cocaine. But I digress. I just think that that's when you take a step back. That's why everybody has different. And if everybody said the same thing about everything, then there's no parody in the world. Not everybody's going to love everything you like. There's people who loved Eternals, and I didn't. And that's fine. That's their opinion. They're, they're, they're entitled to as much as I am. The only thing that I say and I warn to everybody out there is don't be an asshole about it. Like, yeah. just be like, okay, dude, I'm glad you loved it. I didn't. I'm glad you loved it. Perfect. Bam. We're done. That's why I don't argue with people. That's why when you, you never see me, you never see at Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter in an argument about this movie is good or bad. I'm just like, okay, I recommend it. I don't. I'm not going to argue with somebody. Yeah. If you loved it, more power to you, brother. I hope you did. Like, I know there's a couple people out there that I know personally who hated Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, it wasn't for you, but it was the perfect nostalgia ride for me, yeah. man. Hell, Ron didn't even like it as much as we did, which is fine. And it's not that you hated it, but no, you just but didn't like it as much. Who cares, though? Yeah, but my, my also, all joking aside, I was just like, you need to see it because yeah, it, it, was, it was a piece. 
It was a good movie. But the whole point of the matter is that is that is where it is. And that's why I said the most important thing I could take out of any of these opinions and even what I just said. Take my opinion for what it is. If you disagree with that, it's fine. Reach out to me. We can have a conversation. But I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe you. You don't think that. That's dumb. No, it's not dumb. Yeah. And just like somebody's opinion on it's the greatest movie ever and it should win every Academy Award's not dumb. If you believe that, that's fine. Go strong for it, man. But just be respectful of other people because not everybody thinks the right. same to begin with. And I don't want everybody to think the same. I'm sorry. I like having dissenting opinions. I like it when people are like, man, I didn't like that movie you loved. And I'm like, okay, why? Because I want to find out and maybe I missed something. Right. It doesn't change. Usually it doesn't change my opinion. That's fine. But usually you leave that conversation with that person. You're like, oh, man, okay, that makes sense. That's cool. I All right, cool, cool. I think there's only one movie I got, got my opinion changed on. Where I saw it first, I hated it, and someone's like, no, you got to watch it again and watch it for this and this and this. And it was just a stupid movie, but Step Brothers. No, oh, you do Step Brothers. Just the first time I watched it, I'm like, why do people like this? This is no, I, stupid. But see, comedies, that's another thing. I rate comedies <laughs> yeah. against comedies because a comedy is never going to be like a nine and a half. Never. Even the greatest comedies of all time aren't really nine and a halves. However, yeah. that's why all of mine fall on a scale like the top end or like seven or eights. But you know what the fun part about that is? Is they're still really good. Yeah. On the nerd scale, that's why we created the nerd scale because there might be a comedy out there that's a five or a four, which is just an average film, but we give it a four on the nerd scale because it was entertaining as shit. Son-in-law. Dude, Son-in-law <laughs> is one of them. Son-in-law absolutely is one of them. And I could go down that list, man. Shit, most of the classics are kind of kind of horseshit movies, but they're fucking hilarious, man. Uh, another one that I would say is, is a personal favorite of mine, Varsity Blues. And yes, oh, it yeah. is a comedy, damn it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great fucking comedy. But eh, eh. Tag. You know? Tag, tag, I love tag. But it wasn't a great movie, no. but it was fun as but shit. But I gave you all yeah. the feels all the way to the end. Cheech and Chong up in smoke. <laughs> Amazing, classic of all time. I'd give you a dollar if you could tell me what the fuck the movie's really about because it goes all over the place because it's just a drug-induced fucking swirl and it's amazing for it. I have zero problems with it. But that's just what I wanted to preach here. You know, it's, we're going into a new year. New year, new everybody. Let's uh, stop being toxic in, in 2023 or 2022. New year, new me. I, I'm not going to say that shit because we know that's true. That's false. But anyways, with that being said, that is going to end the nerd news this week. We are going to take our break now. When we come back, we're going to come back with the second half of the show. First of all, it will be Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff, Box Office, Upcoming Films, Top 3, and then it will be time for Diesel's Movie Club. And of course, this week, we are reviewing the brand new film that came out on HBO Max and in theaters, The Matrix, Resurrections, all that and more when we come back from this break. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Got a pretty big box office this week. Coming in at number five, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, pulling in $6.2 million. I did not make it yet. I did not see it either, but I, I, I'm surprised. $6.2 is pretty good for that. Yeah. 
Um, kind of disappointing. At number four, the Kingsman only pulling in six point four for the weekend, but total gross for the week is ten million. That is kind yeah. of interesting. That's to me kind too. of low. I thought well, it would do a lot more. Well, it came out Tuesday too. Like, yeah, it, it was weird. So yeah, they had a weird setup for that. But I thought it would do more too. I mean, but all things considered, yeah. I guess I know why. Uh, spoiled a little bit earlier, but number three this week, The Matrix Resurrections, with twelve million dollars for the weekend, but a total gross uh, stateside of twenty two point five million dollars, and international only sixty nine million dollars. Definitely HBO Max heard yeah. it. Definitely. Uh, Not to mention the previous two sequels. <laughs> number two this week with weekend gross of $23.8 million. And again, with the total gross for the week, uh, $41 million. Sing 2. They showed me the whole movie. I, I, you know what? It looks like a cute movie and that I probably would have enjoyed it like to take the nieces and nephews and shit too. But yeah. like at the same point juncture, I yeah, they showed you the whole movie between the two trailers. Yeah. yeah the, the first trailer. Oh, this guy's never going to sing again. He's coming down the hallway with his guitar. In the second the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they gave you all of them. You know, the the the, the gorilla that can't sing or can't dance. dance. And then all of a sudden he's getting a, in a dance battle with his teacher in the second. Like, they gave you all the yeah. resolutions. Yeah. Like, come on. The pig that's scared to fly. Obviously, and he flies. flies. Yeah. But then, no, no surprise, Spider-Man No Way Home with another $81.5 million. Booyah kisha, man. The, the theaters are still packed, man. Yep. Don't blame them. Great and they movie. are going to cross the $1 billion mark and not... In any minute now. All right. Upcoming releases. We, we kind of have nothing coming up like we talked about earlier. Um, this week we have the 355. And I have zero chance. Uh, zero. Yeah. No. Yep. And then the following week on January 14th, the only real movie coming out is Scream. Yeah. That's uh, my birthday weekend. I'm happy for that. Uh, I just want to throw out there. Uh, that's why the next uh, couple weeks during what would be Diesel's Movie Club, we are going to next week give out the nerdies. That, of course, is our 2021 awards. Uh, so we'll be giving out like best movie, best comic book movie, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, uh, man crush of the year, woman crush of the year, etc., uh, etc. Et you know, we have some fun ones as well and some surprise ones. Uh, but that will be coming to you next week on the show in places of Diesel's Movie Club because we're going to do that. And then the week after is our 2022 preview show. So we'll be going over the movies that will be coming out. Hint, hint. Some of those movies will be the movies that will be in Diesel's Movie Club in 2022. So those are the next two weeks since there's no new movies that are coming out. We could have done an older movie, which we usually do. But this is a tradition for us to always do those shows. So we're going to do them in the first two weeks of the year because, you know, they gave us away. If, if there would have been a big release coming out, we would have had an extra segment. You would have gotten a longer show. But now... It just takes over for the other spot because they didn't want to give a shit for the first two weeks of January. <laughs> and the one movie that we want to see is not playing around here. No, not Bastards. at all. We have to go all the way to Moosic, Pennsylvania <laughs> to, to a Cinemark if we want to see Licorice Pizza, damn it. Uh, we, we looked it up this weekend, just so you know. Uh, well, even though our... Yeah. Uh, Regal had 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 a poster for it. Oh yeah. yeah, coming soon. Oh yeah, but not coming to ours yeah. or the one in Ithaca. But with that being said, Diesel, it's time for this week's top three. This week we're going with your top three favorite classic sitcoms. I'm going classic. You know, if it wrapped up before the year 2000. All right, so classic is wrapped getting, up before the top 2000. Is this any kind of sitcom? Any Does that kind mean of sitcom. Uh, animated accounts or no? Yeah, oh, animated accounts. All right. All right, so top three. This is a tough one because I have a lot of shows. But I'm going to tell you what. Coming in at my number three slot, and I know I'm not old enough for this, but I watched it on Rewind when it happened because uh, they used to play both episodes that made up the story arc. That's Batman 66, yep. my number three. It was Destination TV when I would come home from school uh, because, God, remember, before 2000, I, I wasn't even graduated high school yet. Yep. So this is... 
prior to me getting out of high school. <laughs> so I'm going to say Destination TV for me was that when I was younger. So that's number three. Number two, I'm going to surprise the world. Beverly Hills 90210. I had a girlfriend that watched it when I was in middle school. <laughs> and then that got me into watching it full fucking time. <laughs> and I love that. I love the show. I don't care. I don't care. And that's going to go in the next one because everybody's going to be shocked again. Dawson's Creek. Oh, Dawson. Dude, I love the Dawson. And ah, damn it. He should have drained. He should have drowned Pacey in that fucking oh. creek. Steal Dawson's that Creek from, was really good. Steal that shit from Jay Silent Bob straight back. But ah, Dawson's Creek was my number one. So there you go. Those are my top three. Ronald. I'm going more comedy styles. Okay. Uh, so uh, number three is Small Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch it every all the time when I was little. So. Yeah, it, it's just one of the ones that I haven't caught on reruns yet because I don't know where it's streaming. And I don't know if it holds up, and I kind of wanted to, so that's why I'm putting it on the list. Yeah, there's a few of them ones like that. There's like it might not be streaming somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but I just I just wanted to see if it still holds up, and I, which it probably doesn't. But that's why I'm putting it on the list. Um, number two, Saved by the Bell. Oh, good like, one, good choice. Watch that all the way through, even in syndications. Like, it was it was on my honorable mentions for show. And then uh, number one, The King of Queens. Ah, okay, I love, I, love, I love King of Queens. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't oh. mind King of Queens. It was it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Jerry Stiller is a fucking well, oh. dead legend now, but I was going to say living legend. <laughs> <laughs> he was but, a legend in that. Oh, he was so good. Is that is that reverse of when you kill people on this show? <laughs> oh, you're trying to bring <laughs> them now back. You're trying to bring them back. So yeah, the zombie awesome. zombie Jerry Stiller is coming back. If there is a goddamn meta movie where there's a zombie Jerry Stiller. I'm claiming ownership of that. Okay. All right. So what are your top three? All right. Number three, I'm also going with the the teenage icon. Zach Morris is not trash. Say by the bell. Yeah, Absolutely. I, with with the specification, I love the college years. Whoa. I love the college years. Wait a minute. I didn't mind the college years. That's I hated new show. class. New no, class was new, horrible. New, well, that was only to get done. I got to get, so get a bomb. I got to get a bomb, you know, sound effect in this board. Because I'm adding <laughs> sounds to the board. I got to add that to my list because that was a... But that's a bombshell. Oh, oh. I mean, I'm not saying that I hated it. I'm just saying bombshell. Number two, I'm going kind of with your small wonder thing, but I'm going with what I used to go home to and watch religiously, Punky Brewster. Oh, okay. I get you. I can't get with you that. Oh. I was not a huge Punky Brewster fan. The only episode I ever remembered was the one where they got locked in a damn refrigerator because that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was very special. They had multiple very special episodes, but yes, not to play in uh, refrigerators that are just out in the yards. Apparently that was a big epidemic back in the. I'm 80s. surprised. I'm surprised. Different strokes didn't make your number two spot, especially because their special, uh, their special uh, episode. Don't trust the bike shop owner. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then number one, no surprise, Golden Girls is a revolutionary show. It was the original Sex in the City, and <laughs> as Ron pointed out, because we both started rewatching it recently. Whatever happened to their gay house cleaner slash cook living guy? He was he only there for episode one. He was only there for the pilot and then gone. Yeah, somebody was like, that didn't uh, go over well in the 1980s. That's that's what I'm assuming. I'm just throwing it out there. That's probably what happened. It did not go to the focus group well. Oh, yeah. That, that one, Sophia comes in and calls him a pansy, and <laughs> episode two, he is gone. Of course, we can talk about the very special episode there where uh, Blanche was a racist. Uh, you got that one. You have the one where... Um, Rose uh, is afraid after they get robbed and buys a gun. Which Rose should never have a gun, period. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Dude, a- if she would have cheddar bobbed herself, it would have been the greatest show of all time. <laughs> she shot Rose's vase. But and Rose was more pissed off that she shot the vase, not that she was standing as far away from it as me and you. Like, yeah, I two know. feet away. But I'm just saying, how great would it be if, if she would have cheddar bobbed herself? Uh, oh. Or uh, 
Blanche's uh, gay son. That was a very special episode. There was a lot, lot of them. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a good top three. Yeah, gentlemen, uh, great job. But now it is time for Diesel's Movie Club. And, of course, this week we are reviewing The Matrix Resurrections. Do not tap out yet. Uh, we are not doing the spoiler stuff. We will drop the spoiler learning when we go there. So we're just giving you the, uh, you know, the, the, the particulars about the movie. And then we will give you our spoiler-free recommendation. And then we will drop the drop. So you guys have been warned. So uh, we'll let you know. So you, it's not time to jump out of the pool yet. You still have some time if you haven't seen this. So uh, it was released originally on December 16th, 2021 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada at a, at a screening. And then December 22nd, 2021, everywhere else. It has a 148 minute runtime. It is distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures in production with Village Roadside Pictures in Venus Castina Productions. Uh, it is based on characters by the Wykowskis, and it is written by Lana Wykowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Hemmen, and directed by Lana Wykowski, produced by James Mateague, Lana Wykowski, and Grant Hill. Uh, of course, also, cinematography was done by Danielle Masa, Masakasi, if I said that wrong, I'm sorry, John Toll, edited by Joseph Jetsali, and the music was done by Johnny Klimek and Tom Twicker. I think it's almost a tweaker. It's close. Uh, of course, this movie stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Jada Pinkett Smith, and many, many more. Of course, we already kind of mentioned it. The bu- uh, the budget for this movie was $190 million, and it's, so far, it has grossed $69.8 million in the box office. I, I think it's fair to say. I think it's fair to say. Uh, because I, I don't think the HBO Max really makes money off of their movies on HBO yeah. Max. Because it's not like they're risking anything, right? So, with that being said, that is The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, we all went to see it. It is on HBO Max and in theaters. So, you can watch it if you have HBO Max. Uh, but before we go anywhere near spoilers... For anybody who hasn't seen this movie yet, would you recommend this movie or not? So it is, and I'll even give you the thumbs in the middle. So it's either thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle. Where are you at with a recommendation for The Matrix Resurrections? And without spoilers, if you would like to add a tagline, why? Go ahead. Uh, We will start with you, Diesel. If you're a fan of The Matrix fan tries, thumbs up, go see it. There you go. Uh, Ronald. Just watch it on HBO Max. (sighs) Uh, I know what I'm going to say. It was better in the theater. So I'm, I, I'm not upset about going to see it in the theater because I had to watch it on both just for that reason. Uh, and if you're a fan, of, I'm going to go with what Diesel said. If you're a fan of the movies, yes, go see it. If you're not a fan of the movies, just watch it on HBO Max. I, I would give you that recommendation yeah. either way. But with that being said, that's enough of the teasing. Let's get it started. Uh, of course, if you have not seen The Matrix Resurrections, this is your warning to dive out because... We are going into the spoiler zone. All right, let's talk some Matrix Resurrections. And as we do here, we don't go through the entire movie, but we do the good, the bad, the ugly, and we will talk about scenes and spoiler shit. Uh, So, uh, you know, let's start off with the positives for this movie. Why not? The positives should always be the first thing. Sometimes it's the negative first if they're very little. But let's start with the positives. And for our positives, we're going to start with Diesel this time. Diesel, what were your positives about The Matrix Resurrections? All right. So I really enjoyed the 
quote unquote, like recasting of certain key characters. The new Agent Smith I thought was amazing. And the new Morpheus I thought was played in a unique way that I really enjoyed. Now, if you didn't like him, I can see why, but I personally enjoyed Yaya. Uh, how do you say his name? It's Yaya Abdul Mateen. I, I thought he was phenomenal in his role as like Morpheus. Quote the, new, the new Morpheus. I uh, like the story behind yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed like the first 45 minutes where I had zero clue what was going on. Um, plot line wise, did the Matrix actually happen or is this the mind of a crazy man? I dug that. That yeah. was one of my big positives is the fact that for the first 40 minutes of this movie, you're like, you're, you're <laughs> actually led to believe possibly that Keanu Reeves, yeah. Neo, Mr. Anderson, whatever you want to call him is just nutbag crazy. Yeah. Like it is, it is kind of, it is kind of a really cool thing. And if I had told you, if they would have kept the movie that way and at the end of the day, they fall off a building or something, I'd have been like, that was fucking great. That was fucking great. <laughs> and, um, Neil Patrick Harris. I absolutely adored Neil Patrick Harris in this movie. The analyst, the <laughs> villain of the movie, by the way. So once again, we're spoilers, so we don't have to worry about that. But yeah, I thought MPH as the villain was super fucking good. I do. I want. I do also want to say Jonathan Groff played Agent Smith, and he did an amazing job. Uh, I want to piggyback off of you before I go to Ron's. Though I loved all the little throwbacks, especially like when we first meet Jonathan Groff as the business partner of one Thomas Anderson and he's looking out the window and he says the uh, famous quote from the original movie, but they cut to agent Smith, the original agent Smith played by Hugo weaving. They cut to him saying it and then cut back. And later in the movie, there was a Mr. Anderson and it cut to Hugo weaving again. And it was just perfect. Yeah. And even when Jonathan Groff said, Mr. Anderson, the one time he did, cause after that he just called him Tom. If you noticed, when the one time he said that, it was almost spot on. Yeah. Like he he got the fucking inflection down. It was really good. Uh, but after that, he kind of brought his own to the table because, like I said, he called him Tom a lot yeah. or Tommy. He was he kept changing his name up to different forms of Tom, and just being like you know thanking him for bringing him back. And then of course you get the plot twist where he actually saves the day. Yeah, which is strange. We'll go into that in negatives because it leads to a negative. But the positive was him saving the day because it was it took me out of left field. Yeah. I also really, really, really enjoyed uh, Jessica Henwick who played Bugs. Oh, she, she was, was great. She was the yeah. new uh, captain of the ship. She was phenomenal in the yeah. movie. Uh, lots of great stunts from her. And uh, I would be also remiss to say that Jada Pinkett Smith was also super, super awesome in this film. Yeah, it pains me to say it, but yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Lambert Wilson being back as the Merovingian. <laughs> Oh my God. I hated the Merovingian in this movie. I was so happy to see him again. Dude, it blew the, me away. I was like, oh my God. Oh the, my God. The crazy shit. He just kept spewing. Like he doesn't really do any action in the whole fight scene. He just spews nutty shit out of his mouth that you can't barely understand. But when it comes in, it is coherent. It's just kind of fucking crazy. You're like, wow, that is yeah. cool. And he got a great reaction to the movie theater when everybody saw him and realized who it was. Uh, Ron, what are your positives for Matrix Resurrections? Uh, NPH killed it. Like the the thing well, in the trailer, you know, because I didn't make the joke. Oh, if NPH ain't the new Agent Smith, I wouldn't be upset. The fact that he was an Agent Smith and was uh, the actual villain, the analyst. He was the new architect. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. And um, so, like, I'm glad, you know, for all that. The fact that they didn't give away a lot of the stuff in the trailer because, like, there wasn't as much blue in the trailer. Yeah. As there was when he's around. So it's like, okay, and like I, I enjoyed that. And, you know, like I said, 
trailers are meant to lie to you nowadays. They so, they did the trailer game perfect. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I thought the the, the forcing all the flashbacks were kind of is what I kind of bugged me. No, we're at the negatives yeah, yet, but, but I mean. I, I, to Diabona, there was a lot of great storytelling I thought that they did in this movie, which is going to bring us to the negatives. And Ron, you can go first. Yeah, just the, all the flashbacks again. It's like, okay, I get it. Like, you could have cut the movie down a few minutes. I, I wanted more. No. <laughs> well, here's the thing I didn't mind the flashbacks as much. Uh, my biggest problem with this movie is they did a good job of making you feel. Uh, off kilter the whole time you didn't really know what was going on and then when you got into the matrix if you will of it you're like okay this is the matrix we came for uh going with a positive one of the most ingenious things i've ever seen was uh mph in one of his when, when we find out that he's the villain uh when he goes ahead and and goes oh who would have thought that what would fuck you is bullet time because <laughs> he uses bullet time to his advantage and because he's the analyst he can slow the whole world down and not even neo can can do anything about it really weird shit which is why agent smith has to come in because agent smith is the anomaly once again yeah. which i thought they did a good job of that because we've always talked about it in the movies the anomaly in the original movies was agent smith the whole time yeah. the whole time and in this movie once again once he's freed he is the fucking anomaly he is the computer anomaly that's why the bullet time and when he saves everybody that's why it's him that does it because they, he, because the analyst can't control him yeah. once he's aware, and he becomes self-aware in the gun scene when he picks up the gun. <sighs> that was such a great scene. It was actually really a cool scene, and that's where we get the Mister Anderson. Like, oh shit, yeah, yeah it's, we're in. Uh, so I dug a lot of that storytelling, but then you get towards the end of the movie, and whew, this was not a good ending. I told Diesel this. It was like it was. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the movie. I'm enjoying the storytelling, and then we get to the end, and they jump off of a building, and then all of a sudden they're floating. Well, Trinity's floating, <laughs> holding on to Neo, and then they have the slowest fucking fly off in the history of man. Even though there's helicopters and everything else around, and then the next time we see them, which is in like literally in a blink of an eye. Is when they're all dressed up badass again and they burst into the analyst's house and she's kicking off his jaw, then chopping off his head and recreating him with a snap of her fingers. And while Neo pets the cat and they're talking shit about how they're going to change the world. And he even makes a joke about what are you going to do? Put a rainbow? And she's like, I like the, the painting rainbow thing. That's a good idea. Like, it's like a fucking weird, man. And like, it made no sense. And that's the end of the movie. So why it really bothered me, though, is A, it wasn't good for an ending, but B... We never got the payoff for Agent Smith. Agent Smith, after saving the day, just looks at him and goes, listen, I still don't like you, and I'm going to get rid of you, but today yeah. I kept you alive. Good luck. And he, he fucks off before the computer system starts shutting itself down and making the uh, the bugs, if you will, drop from this, <laughs> the sky like bombs everywhere. It was crazy ending. That part, like the action sequences were crazy, but like the actual like nuts and nothing. So basically they end the movie where it's a finality, like this is a one and dunner, but yet we still never got any clarification with Agent Smith. Yeah. It's fucking weird. That's all I'm saying. Diesel, you want to piggyback on any of that? Uh, yeah, so the ending was definitely a miss. Like I pitched a, a different ending that throws back all the way to the Animatrix, you know, when they're jumping. I, I just wanted them to be like, because, you know, they were waiting to unplug them in case anything went awry to awaken themselves because that's the story of the kid. He jumps off the building and he wakes up in the real world. So I kind of wanted like a throwback to that. And then it's not one of my negatives. Cause I actually enjoyed it, but I know I've heard a lot of people bitching about how meta it was at the beginning. 
it was dangerously close for me not liking it, but I still enjoyed it. But I know a lot of people did not like the, oh, was Matrix was just a game. And then, like, the storyboards, like, talking about, oh, bullet time. Oh, we need to re reinvent the wheel. And yeah. I enjoyed it, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. So I just wanted to shout that no, out. I can understand why people didn't like yeah. it, but I enjoyed it because I tied that into the fact that I was always looking at it like, is he just fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, there yeah. was a point in that movie in that first 40 minutes where I literally was like, fuck, they might make this movie where he we find out that this dude's just fucking schizophrenic and like he's and it's not real this is all fucking bullshit and then when they get in the even when that was in my back of the head even when they went into the more matrixy stuff like when they went into the real world and they went to io and all of that stuff i'm like this could still be all in his head and then that scene where they're on the building that's where it was like even that scene they could have done it so much better because even in that scene i'm like if they would have fell to their deaths I'd have been like, oh shit, it was all fucking real. Like, like the, he was just crazy. It wasn't like he was just seeing shit. But it was the weirdest slow motion, like we're pausing the air. Yeah. yeah. Well, even if they jump to their desks just so the analysts can't have access to them anymore, what about fighting with that too? Yeah. Well, they would have just <laughs> rebuilt them like they did in yeah. the storyline. Uh, you know, there was a, I can I can see why there was a lot of like like controversy with this movie. For me, I mean, I, I, some of the stuff that some people didn't like, but I'm with you. Yeah. It could, it was a fine, they walked a fucking fine line. It was just crazy enough for me to go, man, they're really going to pull the trigger on this shit ain't real. Like, <laughs> like the fucking Thomas Anderson is just a fucking nutbag. They're really going to pull this trigger. Yeah. Cause even the MPH line uh, about midway through when he stumbled, remember when he stumbles in and doesn't remember shit and he just showed up and the cake is the cat. Yeah. And like, he's like, dude, literally you made a game where your boss where your part business partner you didn't like him so much that you made him the villain you the the girl that you you, you, you just saw that, that you long for is is the the heroine hell you even took you don't like my cat and you even put it in the fucking game <laughs> like and i thought that was a fucking interesting yeah. line because you're like you see the cat and you're like oh well, yeah the cat was in the game so it's like you didn't even like my cat so you put the fucking cat in the game and you're just like oh shit maybe this is all not real yeah, it was real. Yeah. And once again, I still did like the Matrixy stuff. Yeah. And I love that fucking bullet time callback. When Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris is just like, oh, yeah, who would have thought? That was what it would be what fucked you. <laughs> You're just like, oh, shit. And he's so diabolical. Yeah. How good of a villain was MPH? Like, that is part of what makes this movie for me is how good he was. Just the transition from him being the therapist and, like, showing that he actually cares for the well-being of, you know, Thomas Anderson. And is doing this in a really cool, like, very non-judgmental way to then being, like, the reveal of, like, Oh, no, no. I'm the one who recreated you. You're in here because you're going to power our new Matrix. And we're fucking with you because you put out more energy that way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then also, I'm going to make me... I know what makes you click. I'm going to make you come back. Because there's no way you can't. Because if not, I'm just going to... And there's nothing you could do. And that then that scene when he shows that there's literally nothing he can do from stopping him from killing Trinity. That's the, that's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But once again, he didn't. He didn't rely. He didn't think about Agent Smith at the time. <laughs> that was a mistake. Agent Smith can be anywhere. <laughs> oh, I love how he said that. Yeah. I can be anywhere. And then he just fucks off though. Like that's the part that yeah. the barista is like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> even worse though. Even worse. If you really want to be real pissed off, the the worst thing in this movie. I didn't like the ending. Definitely knocks off a lot of points. But the worst thing in this movie was waiting through to the end of those fucking credits for the worst <laughs> post-credit scene of all fucking time. I don't know what you're talking about. This is amazing. Uh, oh, you're lying. Yes. I can't. Oh, oh that, that, it was the, the cat biggest tricks. troll. It was the biggest troll move of all time. That, that was a big troll move. The cat tricks. 
Oh, oh the cat tricks. Yeah, we're just going to do cat memes. <laughs> it's going to be the cat tricks. Now, if they would have had a, like a little video of the cat tricks, I'd be in. Like a little cat dressed up like Neo in bullet time. Okay, <laughs> I'm back in. All of a sudden, it, it makes it for me. But they didn't. They were lazy about it. Yeah, that one was... Like, we're sitting there and it's like... This okay. is what we waited okay. for. This is what we waited like ten minutes for. We're, yeah, we're jamming a lot out of minutes. I, I mean, I did read this that it was has nothing to do with the movie. It's just well, kind of snarky. It could. <laughs> well, yeah, we're jamming out to brass against, making jokes, and then all of a sudden it's, oh Jesus Christ, we could have been fucking out of here. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just want to point out how on point was it that uh, brass against was the uh, after making all that news for the lead singer peeing on somebody at a show. Mm-hmm. Is the was was doing a cover of Rage Against the Machine for the end of this movie. I love the fact because you know that was already in the end credit scene that they had to have a meeting about Brass Against the singer of Brass Against pissing on a male fan on stage on a show before they release this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I bet you there was no meeting because Lana Wykowski directed this film and wrote this film. Lana Wykowski was like, "Fuck that! I don't care. Let your freak flag fly." If anybody on this planet is going to understand being a freak. I, see, I think there was a meeting, but I think that was the outcome of the meeting. There was, they actually all had to sit down, producers and all that. And Lana Wachowski was like, "I don't care." <laughs> it's, it's the end. Lana, Lana Wachowski, we found out was into uh, into water games. <laughs> That's all we found out. Honestly, well, also to say, think about it. Like Lana Wachowski is probably up there with Tim Burton in the. If, if you would not be surprised, any fetish that they have, yeah. like honestly, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. I love it. I think it's great. I think I think Lana Wykowski is one of the best human beings yeah. alive and has created some crazy ass good shit. Definitely the better of the Wykowski siblings. Yeah, definitely. But with that being said, I, I thought whatever. But before uh, we give our scores, we like to play a little game. And I do believe the last week, Ronald, didn't you win last week? Yeah, you yeah, won last week. Yeah. You pulled it out of your ass. But this week, that can all change because you know what time it is. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. Of course, it's simple. We are going to give the scores around the internet, and we are going to play by prices right rules. That is, whoever comes closest without going over gets the point. Uh, the first one to get the two out of three wins. Of course, we have a fourth question because we don't do ties here. Sometimes that's been worth two points. Sometimes it's only worth one point. But that one is just the closest to the number because we have to have a winner. We don't play this fucking tie bullshit. So with that being said, Ron is your defending champion as we just remembered. So Diesel, you will get to go first. Are you ready? Yes. So IMDB out of 10 using points. What did they give the Matrix Resurrections? Uh... I know it's going to be lower than what I'm thinking, but I'm going with six. Six. What are you going with, Ron? Are you going high or low? I don't know. That's actually a good call. (laughs) That's actually a really good good Uh call. Uh-oh. Because. (laughs) Damn you, Diesel. (laughs) IMDB. I I know a lot of people didn't see it, but I'm going to go 6.5. You got six and six point five, and Oof. that was. You were close though, five point eight out of ten. Yeah, I, wow. <laughs> All right, next up, let's see if we can change it around. Ronald, Metacritic, those critics only, out of a hundred percent. What did they give the Matrix Resurrections? Oh God, I didn't pay any attention to any of this shit. So critics, uh, forty-seven percent. Forty-seven for Ron. What are you gonna say, Diesel? Just go forty-eight. You win. I'm, I'm going to use some leeway. I'm going to go 60. Jesus is going to go with 60, and 
Diesel gets the point, 64% on Metacritic. All right, Diesel for the win. Rotten Tomatoes out of 100%. What did they give? The Matrix Resurrections. 65. Ronald. 42. Ladies and gentlemen, Diesel is your new champion. 65% exactly from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, am I living in the Matrix? You might be. <laughs> All right. So, Ron, uh, for funsies, Google users, what do they give Matrix Resurrections? God, they probably freaking love this shit. 92%. Diesel. No, I think this is like like this is a low for Google users. I'm gonna go 79. Man, you would both be wrong. 64 percent. Oh, 64 oh. percent. Uh, this movie is definitely uh, it's definitely it's uh, ambitious. Kind of, it's, it, well, I wouldn't say ambitious. It's definitely uh, all over the place. It, it's a very polarizing. Yeah, movie you're either though. love or hate it, and it's pretty damn close. It's it's just slightly over. The, the the like part. Because, I mean, most of the scores are right around that 60% area, 60, 65%, which means slightly more, but not too many more. With that being said, it is time for us to give you our reviews. And, of course, after I give our my nerd score, I will also give my credit review. But the nerd scale is this goes. Uh, it is an entertainment scale. That means it is just like kind of like a recommendation how much we were entertained by a movie. It doesn't necessarily mean the movie was a great movie. Uh, once again, we said it earlier in the show, but I will reiterate I would say that a four on the nerd scale for uh, our, one of our favorite movies, The Maximum Overdrive. But in real life, that is like a three, if not lower, on a critic scale. But it's just an entertaining movie for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but, you know, so that's why this is an entertainment scale. This is just whether we liked it or not and how much we liked it and our recommendation, pretty much. With that being said, here is how it goes. A one is no. That means don't go see it. You shouldn't waste your time. It's too bad we wasted our time. A two is you've been warned. That means, you know, maybe if you're a fan of like the, the movie series, if it's a series, maybe see it as your completionist. But you know what? It wasn't a very good film. It wasn't quite a shitty film. I don't regret going to see it, but I'll probably never watch this piece of shit again. A three is take it or leave it. That means it's a good movie. It's an average movie. It's not something that you necessarily need to go to the theater and pay for. It's not something you need to pay for on Amazon. Wait till it's on one of the streaming services you have or when you can get it for free. Or if you have an unlimited pass, maybe you want to go see it just because you want to get your little value out of your pass. Four is just take my money. That means you should go see this film. It means you should probably go see it to the theater or pay for it as a premium on digital when it comes out. Uh, you might even think about buying it. It's on the cusp. It's a really good movie. There you go. And of course, five is certified nerd. That means you should go out and see this as many times in the theater as you can. You should buy it. You should add it to your collection. You should, you know, everything else. Uh, it's, it's, it's certified nerd. I mean, rarefied air up there because, I mean, the one, the last one that I think we all three gave a certified nerd to was Avengers Endgame. So with that being said, nerd scale, diesel, what are you giving Matrix Resurrection? I'm at a solid four. It was a perfect blood of nostalgia for the Matrix franchise, and I, I absolutely loved it. Ronald, I am going with a three and a half. So it's, it's there. I, I'm just not a big, huge Matrix person. So it is what it is. 
Listen, since for the nerd scale, I don't use a, a 0.5, that means I have to justify up or down when I do it. So I'm with, I was with Ron. I would put this in a three and a half, but because I there's more of bad than good, I'm actually going to give it a solid three, take it or leave it. If you're a fan of The Matrix, this is a decent movie to go see. It was, it was, it, it gave you everything you wanted for as a fan of The Matrix. Was this a great movie? No. Was it a movie that I would have paid money for necessarily? No. I mean, Diesel would have. I wouldn't have. Uh, with that being said, that brings me to my review, uh, my critical review of the movie. And like we said, there was some really cool story elements that they did. Uh, it was shot very well. I did like the updating, updated look of the CGI in the film. It didn't look as hokey as in the past, so they definitely did a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, overall, the story was kind of all over the place, but The Matrix is as well. Uh, my problem is, and it's a big problem, and this is where it loses most of its points, is they didn't they didn't stick the landing. Yeah. They didn't quite hit the fucking ending that was right in front of their face that they could have nailed. And there was like three or four of them that they could have gone off of the good story through the whole movie and kind of threw it away. And of course, as all Matrix movies, there was plot holes fucking galore, uh, which you can forgive because it's a computer animated world for the most part. But with that being said, I do not. I didn't hate this movie. I give it slightly above average. I'm going to kind of agree with almost in the internet on this. I give it a 6 out of 10. I think it was a good movie. Uh, it's not a waste of time. You know, because 5 is obviously an average movie, which means good. It's not a waste of time. I, I think, once again, if you're a fan of the series, I think you would bring it a little higher. I think Diesel would probably give it like a 7, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so fans of the series might give it a little bit. I like the series. I'm not, not, not a fan of the series. I am a fan. But I just, there was something that just didn't do it for me. So it's going to fall in the six category. Because once again, I was trying to debate between six, six, six and a half. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go to a quarter scale. We'll just do it as a six and call it a day. Uh, so that's my critic score for Matrix Resurrections. And overall, I think we all said basically if you're a fan of it or because it's on HBO Max. If you, because you have HBO Max, if you ain't got nothing better to do, plug it in and watch. Maybe you'll love it. Who knows? You know? Uh, but I would definitely suggest just watching it on Max. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just, I'm just saying. I know. I know. We're, we're not preaching to go to the theater. Now, if you just, love the theater and you got an unlimited pass like myself and Ron, go see the theater. I did think it was a better experience in the theater. Yeah, it definitely was. I, I think that if I just watched it on Max and I didn't watch it in the theater, I probably, I might have even given it a five and a half. But uh, the theater made all the difference in the world, at least a point five, And it usually does. My score usually yeah. is a little higher for theater. With that being said, though, that is going to bring us to the end of the show pretty much. But don't you fret, there's still a little bit more at you because we got Ron's last bad review of Titanic, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. That comes up, though. But before we do that, we got to do them shameless plugs. Of course, if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It is simple. You go to any podcast provider out there. You type in three fat nerds. Remember, it's the number three, not the word three, for all of these uh, things. Or you can just type in 3FN because we come up that as that as well. And guess what? Booyah kasha! There we are. Hit that subscriber follow button so you can get our show uh, automatically delivered to you every week. And if you forget any of the links that we're going to talk about in this uh, in the shameless plugs, even a couple links for where you can find us, you can just look below in the liner notes for the show, and all the links are there. Go check them out. But uh, make sure you're following us or subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you are using currently. Diesel. Hey, you can also go full metal like the Matrix. Facebook. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. Diesel might get lost in the sandbox over there in the metaverse in the in the not-too-distant future. I heard that he's going to be, be, be buying property even. Uh, but for, the, for those people like myself and Ron, we won't be getting lost there. Instead, we'll be on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok 
at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. Remember to use that hashtag 3FNPod whenever you're talking about us on any social media. And if you need to email us for any reason, it's 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, every, uh, if you would like to check out some of the extra bonus content we do with streaming, you can do that over at twitch.tv slash 607podcast every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Myself and Ken M. from the ODPH Podcast give you our thoughts and takes on all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Come join the chat. Come join the conversation live. And, of course, uh, if you want, if you if you would prefer to listen to the podcast form, that comes out every week on its own channel. Just search 607TWS wherever you get great podcasts. Make sure that you're following and subscribe to that as well. Of course, over there on uh, twitch.tv slash 607podcast, we also do uh, pay-per-view live reactions and commentary for wrestling and UFC. We also do movie nights, and we're going to be adding more in the new year as we have more time and the abilities to do so. So, Make sure you're following us over there on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Of course, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month and help support all the podcasting and streaming, you can do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. And you get a ton of extra bonus content. There's two tiers, $1 and $3. to Pick your poison. Help support. Help spread the word of nerd. Get a ton of extra bonus content. I guarantee that you won't be disappointed, ladies and gentlemen. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. 8122 Productions, as in typing into your internet search bar, HTTP colon backslash backslash 81 double deuce P R O D U C T I O N S dot com. See, I know that Ron is the oldest at this table, and I am the second oldest at this table because I am months older than you. Yeah. And yet, we still know that you don't need to type all that shit. Because basically, folks, 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Everything we just talked about, all of those links are there. The Patreon link, the Twitch link. You know, there's a T Public link if you'd like to buy some swag. And I got some new stuff coming soon. Uh, go ahead and make sure you buy it on sale because uh, that's the best way to do it. And uh, you just follow the link. Buy a cool shirt, 3FN shirts, uh, Horizon 607 shirts, 607 podcast shirts, all of that and more are over there, 607TWS even. Of course, uh, you know, we have the link. Thanks to our uh, friends, our musical friends who uh, help provide us with their music so we don't have to uh, get copyright infringed. Of course, the theme song done by Shout Out the Robots every week. This week when we came back from break, that was the Jasons from West Virginia. Check them out. They got a new uh, help. It's called the Jarvis House. They got a new out, the EP out on uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, and YouTube Music. Of course, you can find uh, our good friend Shout Out the Robots there as well as Floodlands. Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, and the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia. Thank all of you for letting us use your music so we can go copyright free and be on places like Facebook podcasts and such. Of course, also we have our section for friends of the show, like our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. That's coming up in that to the distant future. Of course, August 26th and 27th in Vernon Downs, New York. Make sure uh, you can check out. We're going to be announcing celebrities in the new year for that. And of course, uh, our good friends over at the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast, part of 607 Podcast. Make sure you check them out as well. And of course, last but certainly not least, we have sponsors of the show. Local sponsors. And there's a link for them as well. But we're going to give them a shout out now because they help bring us they help bring you, sorry, the the show ad-free each and every week. Ladies and gentlemen, first up, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That is Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your magic gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out what's going on at the shop, you know, maybe some tournaments, some Warhammer, some Pokemon, some Digimon, some Magic the Gathering, whatever. We got events going on all the damn time. You can find all about those on Facebook. Follow the page, Dragon Master Games. 
And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. Call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to download the three fat notes on you. This is monumentous, because this, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of a year. And if you don't know, if you're new to the show, or you just never listen this mm. far on the show, because I know some people don't, <laughs> every year of the show, Ron has picked a movie that he finds bad reviews for. There are movies that Ron doesn't like, and then there are people who back him up. Whether they're shitty or not, it doesn't matter, but he finds them. He does it for 52 weeks, folks. <laughs> this is number 52 for Titanic. But next week, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm going into this. Next week, we will have a new movie that myself and Diesel don't know. He doesn't tell us until the first week. We usually can guess it pretty quick. Of course, he does also tell us because he says the name and it sucks at the end. But this is it. Ron. Do the victory lap. 52 weeks is over for Titanic. Ronald. One out of ten stars. Cameron puked on the screen and spent one million doing it. Can we say predictable? Can we say simplematic? Can we say badly told love story with nothing new that exists only to fill time before a roller coaster sound effects show happens? Can we say three hours of annoying drivel written by hacks hammed up by beautiful media darling actors? We don't have to say any of this. Cameron did it for us and spent way too much money doing it. A perfect one star. Nuff said. One out of ten stars. Titanic just sucks, people. Wow. Wow. Until they said Cameron, I thought you were talking about the Eternals. <laughs> well, guess what? That is bringing us to the end of the show. It is bringing us to the end of this week's episode. And it is also bringing us to the end of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Because this is the last show for 2021. And with that... Thank you guys so much. It's another successful year. I mean, our year anniversary, our next year anniversary is in April. That's when we have yeah. our our anniversary. But it is another year in the books. Twenty twenty one is going to be over, and it's been a great year. We've had a lot of fun. We've made a lot of headway. We're going further in, uh, than we ever thought we could, and it's all because of you. And we thank you guys for that. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for being tuned in. Thank you for being hopefully entertained. Because I don't know other reason why you would be listening this long if you weren't entertained. We'll be back next next week in the new year, in 2022, to talk all things pop culture and nerdum and bring you some funny. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure on this New Year's you take care of yourselves. Please don't drink and drive. Please be safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And for the final time in 2021, later, nerds. Later. Just remember, your New Year's resolutions don't need to be for good. <laughs> Titanic just sucks, people. The brace and put the gowns fine, but we've wandered many weary fet since days of old landsign, and we twa pedaled in the barn, frame on and sun till dine. But seas between us braid heroed since days of old land sign.